Hey, Timofey. Hey, Jay. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing fine. What about you? Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing very well. Spasiba, stovistes. It's uh, great to have you back. <laughs> I'm glad so to be back. Uh, hold on for a second. I just need to open a document. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. So for those that don't know, Timofey is a trainer of both Russian cosmonauts and American astronauts at the Yuri Gagarin Space Center in Moscow. And he's also the general director of a Russian-based UFO research group called Association Ecology of the Unknown, or the AEU. Uh, they have a very impressive membership list of Russian scientists and academics and some former high-ranking military officials for the Russian Federation. And uh, they do also have an international membership represented in multiple countries. Um, and Timofey is the general director of the AEU. So we did speak uh, quite a while ago, but um, I thought it'd be good to get Timofey back on. We'll have a catch up and uh, see if there's anything else that he wants to talk about. Thank you for introducing me. Uh, today, I would like to talk about something that we uh, consider very important because recently, uh, we have seen in the UFO community, in uh, the worldwide community that researches UFOs and uh, looks for extraterrestrial life outside the Earth. So uh, that people usually want to find evidence. Evidence of uh, the fact that uh, the extraterrestrials exist or some evidence about that the UFOs are real, uh, maybe some artifacts, some findings, some traces of UFOs landings. So things like that, M material evidence. Uh, well, I would like to just uh, briefly, uh, briefly talk about our approach to this, approach to finding evidence. Uh, our Russian point of view, our uh, cosmists point of view. We have uh, a number of scientists that uh, study the universe, the cosmos, uh, how it is structured, how it works, and of course uh, are into the uh, exploring the unknown in terms of UFOs, UFO sightings, extraterrestrial presence on, on the Earth. And um, uh, we, uh, these scientists are called, we call them Russian cosmists, so cosmologists. Uh, th they appeared about a century ago. And what they were saying already a century ago is that they said that the universe is alive and everything in it including us, of course, is alive. So living inside the living. Uh, and we, uh, we continue this uh, narrative, uh, this uh, direction of study uh, in, in this manner. We consider that the universe is alive. And from this point of view, from uh, the Russian cosmist's point of view, uh, uh, it uh, it contains uh, it's better to say so uh, what are the the main principles of this point of view which we call living inside the living is a 
that the universe itself is alive b that uh, the universe the living universe within it has a variety of uh, life forms including humanoid including us of course and c that uh, this is uh, the uh, most important point that uh, on the earth everything that we encounter all life forms a projection other projection of all that is there in the universe that's why they call the earth the cradle of humanity where we were born and it's not only the cradle but it's our kindergarten our school our university where we are born where we grow up and we learn to communicate with all these types of life forms and uh, learning having learned to communicate with each other with all these life forms then we evolve to the point that we go out then we leave the earth and we go beyond the earth into outer space and then we may uh, we may meet our galactic neighbors extraterrestrials uh, but uh, are we these level are we are we already this level of evolution that we can go out and communicate or are we not mm, not this uh, the needed level to go to go there we believe that we are not that level that we have to learn to communicate with each other and to treat all the life forms present on the earth uh, with a with a certain attitude with, a, with an ethical attitude res respecting all life forms and uh, learning to communicate with them uh, maybe it's uh, us humans maybe animals viruses plants anything you name it and from this point of view uh, who are extraterrestrials because we consider that or we believe that all the life forms on earth are the projection of those life forms existing in the universe already we believe that uh, these life forms we can consider them extraterrestrials and learn to communicate with them and uh, for us it's a uh, it's a good evidence that there are many life forms beyond the earth only we, uh, only uh, we did not yet learn to travel those distances to other planets to other uh, galaxies of course we are not going to go there burning fossil fuels we have to invent something and to invent something we have to evolve in our consciousness in our intelligence uh in in everything in our technologies and we can learn uh, we can discover those technologies when we grow to a certain level it's it's like uh, an unfolding unfolding knowledge first uh, you are the seed then you grow then you become a tree then there uh, you deliver fruits some uh, and we are just right now we are growing 
we are growing and we have to grow to a certain level to uh, to discover this knowledge so uh it, it, you wanted to ask something jay do you feel that do you feel that this is achievable in our lifetimes i mean i you know i look at um i look at the way the world is now and and it, it's it's kind of i'm optimistic because i think that the the problems that are happening in the world are likely going to push us into becoming a more positive and a wiser species in the long run these things that are happening now may actually end up uh you know assisting us in getting past our current issues and moving into a next paradigm uh, you know a new paradigm for humanity but do you think that do you think that this is achievable within specifically let's say our lifetimes i believe yes the thing is uh the turning point is then when you decide when you when you take a decision you take decision to change and then uh, you don't know really how it will go how it will go on uh, um, at first it may seem very complicated very abrupt change that will demand uh, many efforts to take but when you take the decision when you start on the spot it becomes easier as you go so uh it's uh, the, the current situation is very uh, i should say very extreme because really we are approaching a verge of self-destruction where they can start some unreversible uh, processes of our destruction and destruction bias uh, destruction of the biosphere and we are part of biosphere is it a suicidal behavior so you know maybe when uh, when you smoke uh, when there is a smoker yeah uh, you show him a cigarette and say this is the cigarette if if you smoke it you die uh, uh, one of the cigarettes in, in in the pack will kill you will you continue smoking or not some people say i don't care i i, I will uh, I, I will die in the end and the, the other person may say, uh, may start to think, maybe he should stop, maybe not. So I think uh, this is uh, the, uh, when you take a decision, you see that this is killing you, this is killing the planet. Uh, you're tired of the divide and conquer principle being implemented everywhere in your family, in your society, in uh, everywhere. And uh, something changes in your mind. I don't know how to describe it. Like you give up smoking. Yeah, I think- I, I was yeah. a smoker. So, was so, a smoker. Was, so was I. <laughs> now, now I'm not smoking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I still use a vape pen. I still have a vape, so I haven't really quit smoking. I've just quit smoking cigarettes, uh, so I'm uh, I'm not there yet. 
but I know what you mean. And it's a good, it's a good comparison because they obviously there are people that will never solve those problems. They'll never address those issues. And there are people that will look at those issues and try and make a good situation out of it. And so hopefully humanity will make the good situation out of it and change its behaviors. But I just, I, I, I do think, um, I do think it's actually a part of natural evolution, perhaps human evolution, because we're just individual humans, it's very hard for us to look at everything going on and make sense of it. But if we, if we were able to perhaps zoom out and look at the human species from above and, and look at what we're doing over time, I think we probably are evolving. And these, you know, these times where there are very, uh, strict rules or authoritarianism or just, you know, political problems, conflicts and war. I think all of this is actually a part of evolution. It's it's a way in which humanity stumbles through developing and growing and getting stronger. And so I, I do think that really, because the way the world is right now is is pretty crazy, I actually see that as the best evidence for there being a change and that something else is coming in because the current system and the current way of of being is is collapsing and it's uh you know the, the it's crumbling away and at least it feels that way it feels like things are starting to crumble away systems that have been in place for a long time and and ways of being and and ways of looking at reality it's all being challenged now so it, it, it can look like the end of the world, but maybe it's just the end of a chapter in the human story and we're going into the next chapter, you know? It's like a Hollywood movie when a lot of things are happening mm. and people are about to die, but then they continue uh, sticking to a decision that they have some made some time before. So, for, for example, uh, the hero decides to save his uh, his girlfriend or something like this to save the world, to not give up. He takes this decision. And in this situation, which may seem extreme to, uh, to him, to all people involved in it, when you're on uh, almost the whole world will crumble, he sticks to his decision, he does not give up, and then the situation changes in an unexpected way. So it's as they call it the, the leap of faith, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a like a like a test, like a test that will test your aspiration, the power of your desire, what you you really are. Because in those Hollywood movies, they also show some bad guys who uh, at first they seem good guys, but then in the extreme situation, they betray or they give up or they run away, hide away. And then we can see uh, how, uh, as they say, they face the instant karma, you know? Yeah uh as for the good guys they they continue on on their path and eventually there's a there is a happy end i think this is a very uh i don't know maybe it's a good example or not but uh things seem very extreme right now 
maybe not 100% of the time, but there are signs of some processes, species disappearing, uh, ice melting, mm. many things. And ozone layer is very much destroyed. And there are some political tension. Uh, they want to put weapons in space mm. to for the security reasons, as they say, security with guns. Isn't it funny? Yeah, yeah. One of the, well, what, this is actually something I wanted to ask because one of the um, one of the AEU's primary goals is the uh, is the de-weaponization of space that we must enter space as a peaceful species but um you know given the given the current state of of global politics and the animosity between western governments and you know governments like russia and china i mean do you think it's realistic that we will enter a space peaceful kind of collaboration within this time because you know we have a lot of problems with our leadership worldwide. Um, and I imagine that there probably already are space-based weapons platforms that are already in orbit uh, as we speak. So um, are you looking are you looking at this as as something to try and tackle within the next few years? Is, is this the is this something that the AEU is actively trying to uh, engage global leadership on, on this subject? Yes, uh, the Association Ecology of the Unknown and the social movement that was established in 2021, the Ethics of the Cosmos, uh, are promoting this treaty on the prevention of the placement of weapons in outer space, uh, which, when signed by countries of the world, would become a world, the world binding law to ban space-based weapons. And uh, this initiative has a long history in Russia. And um, recently, Russia and China, they uh, declare their joint statement where there was uh, their uh, confirmation that they are continuing their efforts on the prevention of the placement uh, of weapons in outer space, prevention of an arms race in space. Uh, uh, so we are actively promoting it, and this is one of our primary goals. Not uh, not only because this is a something uh, which is for the higher good of humanity, peace, but also because that we know. 100% that we are not alone in the universe. Believe it or not, we're not alone in the universe. And uh, there are some laws that the universe has. And they, those laws say that no one is allowed to go with weapons into outer space. Because outer space is the domain of peace and evolution and teaching each other and um, you cannot uh, start an arms race there uh, that's why uh, that's why those our galactic neighbors are not interfering uh, they are watching from the side and we can see those ufos those signs of et presence 
on Earth, and they may contact contact some individuals uh, to to speak about this uh, to humanity to make some hints about this uh, because they cannot interfere in our decision making because here in the solar system we are uh, we are the major acting force we are in charge of it we must take this decision by ourselves that we uh, want to evolve evolve that we want to cooperate we want to get along with each other and then the gates will open like in a Hollywood movie, the gates will open. I, I imagine you're, I mean, I like this idea and, you know, I hope you're right. Um, but what, 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 what makes you think this? What makes you think this is the, the way it is that they don't interfere with us and that they're, they're waiting for us to try and develop on our own? Um, it, it seems like the realistic approach to me, but why, why do you feel that that's the case? Uh, because this is common sense. And this is logic. Uh, it's like it's like you teaching a child. The child needs to learn to walk himself. He will not learn walk learn to walk if you're always holding him or you're trying to move his feet like this he stands up and he falls down he stands up and he falls down he bumps his head everywhere uh, and eventually he walks and this is his knowledge because he learned it himself or herself to walk and as he as he learns to walk then there's the next stage of his evolution now he can run play football he can uh, jump he can do everything that involves walking and running. And you cannot help him in any way to learn to walk because he learns to walk himself. And uh, imagine that this child is humanity and you, a grown up, a conscious man, his father maybe, you are like a higher intelligent force like in like it is to us because there are uh, signs of it presence who are these guys of course they are more more evolved because they learn to navigate through space uh, they learn this instant transportation through these enormous distances if they were hostile they would have long conquered us but why? Why do they need? Why would they need that? They just uh, treat us like our brothers, brothers in consciousness, brothers in peace, uh, just brothers, like species, like you, like uh, like your little brother. I don't know how to say. And of course, uh, they want to see how we evolve. And then uh, they can interact with us on this level, because this, this just this point is um, very important. Y you cannot teach someone how to love or how to become friends with someone or how to walk, uh, because you will teach him nothing. 
he needs to open it by himself and he opens uh, these uh, things as he grows naturally or is is he meets other people meets uh, his classmates uh, his uh, whoever this is just common sense and this is uh, also uh, what you can conclude through your observations of how they uh, how they uh, appear those ETs, this those ET crap uh, studying all those cases testimonies of contactees uh, people who saw something so this is just the pieces of puzzles coming together and you see this whole picture yeah yeah i mean uh, you know some of the uh, some of the strong examples of this gradual teaching or just being in the background but sometimes interfering is uh cases like the zimbabwe uh primary school case where all of the school children were exposed there was you know i think there was a something like 60 or 70 school children that saw these flying saucers and one of them landed there was actually a a, a gray an alien gray uh being came out of one of these craft and there was i think at least two children but definitely one was no less than three or five feet away from this this gray alien and they 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 locked eyes with it they looked into its eyes and they suddenly had all of these images of trees burning and the oceans you know like the the icebergs melting and it was almost like uh you know these uh, these children as they grew older and they became adults and they were interviewed about these experiences they feel that they were being told that these things are how you know this is how humanity needs to focus on the planet they need to focus on treating it with more respect and being good stewards of the planet and this is the this is the impression that these children got when they had exposure to these uh to these extraterrestrial beings these greys and uh so i think i think you're right at least from a human perspective it's the logical approach to keep an eye on your children but let them make their own mistakes and let them grow and let them learn and just kind of be there in the background just in case things happen for example i think i i do think that if we were to have a full global nuclear war i i think that they would prevent that i don't know but i just feel that when if it came to a position where we were going to completely destroy ourselves and we were going to destroy most of the planet I think that there would probably be some level of intervention, uh, you know, like the parents taking the matches away from the children to stop them from burning the house down. Um, it, so I agree with you that it seems logical that they're they're keeping that kind of uh, observation role and just making sure we don't hurt ourselves too badly. Yes, and there were numerous cases yeah. of them inter interfering. Mm when there was a malfunction of nukes in yeah. nukes arsenal it was in soviet union and russia in the usa there are many testimonies on this subject uh, also in uh, the public domain and in the ufo community and uh, in our association there are people members of the association uh, who are military generals now they retired 
and who were in positions uh, in those places where there were, were these nukes and they were reported of the ET craft landing and uh, shutting down the malfunctioning nukes because uh, uh, I don't remember all the details, but uh, there are many cases of this interference. But what is the most important, uh, it's again, we, re we come uh, returning to uh, uh, the things that from where I started, who are the extraterrestrials and how do we perceive them? Uh, we need some evidence. We want to see an ET craft landing, some people coming out of this craft, looking into, into the eyes or leaving some evidence, some traces. And there are many cases of, of, like this, but mostly what we see and uh, what we, we also don't see is their influence like in the background because it's like you know there's a there's a saying when 10 people are watching at an elephant from a close distance and they're standing in different places like this one of them sees uh, a nail of an elephant uh, the other sees uh, just gray skin the third uh, person sees, I don't know, the eye or something. And those people have very little information about the object that is in front of them. But one of them tells, this is just a gray wall. I, I, t I tell, I'm telling you, I saw that. The other one says some different things. But you can have the full image, the full understanding of what is in front of you when you put these pieces together when you see it from the side, like cosmonauts and astronauts see our planet from the side when they go to space. When you see it from the side, it's a, it's a, a totally different picture. It's a whole picture. And it's, the understanding comes to you really, really fast. And you can feel it. You not only see it, you feel it and you have it in your heart, your emotions, your consciousness. And that is how it is really uh, interfere, as you said it, uh, and how they affect us, how they observe us. They are multidimensional because um, they have this means of transportation through space. And they say that you cannot go faster than the speed of light. And they do that because they use other dimensions, which we have not yet discovered, uh, but they are there. They are there. And in mathematics, there are signs of it, that there are many dimensions, not three or four. And they can impact us, like, not like a, in one way, but many ways and from many sides and instantly, like, uh, like the whole planet or uh, whole country. Or they can contact individuals through their consciousness, and they use it, use their this their ability to do this when they really 
need to when there is some extreme situation and they always show us that they care about us they do not want us to destroy each other but uh, they cannot um, interfere like directly land and say stop it because that will that will do nothing like they show again like they show in the hollywood movies when ets land and people start to shoot or something mm. because this is in your mindset this is the idea you have an idea of this elephant you, you think that this is a gray wall and when you see the real extraterrestrial how do you perceive him or her can you really fully perceive him when you see a shining dot in the sky mm -hmm. like moves like this and then vanishes what did you see and who was there so do you know do you feel what I, what i'm trying to say yeah no what a, i think i think this uh, elephant idea works quite well with people within the ufo community as, as well because you know like you just said you see a silver object zipping around in the sky what is the first thing that people might think well they might think okay that's some sort of advanced spacecraft and these must be visitors from another planet but when you get into the deeper levels of the ufo subject you start to unravel the layers of consciousness and and the kind of strangeness of the ufo subject it suddenly doesn't become so simple to say oh these are just aliens from another planet i mean there may there may be and, and maybe some of them really are just from another planet but there is this strange space that's almost almost spiritual and i think it's for me it's always been about there needs to be a, a symbiosis a, a, a connecting between spirit and science between spirituality and science these two things they are just two different ways of observing the same thing and they need to come together and I think that the UFO subject, I really do. I think it represents that symbiosis. I think that this UFO is basically saying, hey, this is what happens when you mix together your science, your innovation, your technology with your spirit, your philosophy, your creativity. When these two things come together, you, you create this thing, try and do it. And, you know, when people, the reason why I think this is so strongly because people, and I'm one of these people, have had contact situations through, through consciousness, through getting into meditative states, through asking, you know, the universe to show me something and having a response and having something actually come by in my sky that I knew could not be dismissed as, as just some random thing. It was, it was very much a, a, an anomalous event i don't know what it was but it was anomalous and so it responds to consciousness which which first of all makes you go okay consciousness isn't just in my brain it's not just being generated by my body because if i can send thoughts out and something can respond that must mean it's traveling through the medium of space and time it's 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 moving through that so it opens up that idea of universal consciousness of living cosmos as you go as you say and also it is a technology, it's a craft, it's a spaceship of some sort, it's moving around in ways that we cannot understand. So it's, like I said, it's like technology and spiritual put together. And I think that's what the UFO is.
Absolutely. I think you get it 100% right. Maybe not 100%, but very close. Close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because really, I think this is because those people, they do not have this gap between science and religion, mm, mm. peace and war, good and bad. They just have this natural way of living, abiding the laws of the universe and evolving and developing their star system each other and making contents throughout the universe while we humanity are in this situation when we have this divide and conquer everywhere ufos are not ufos real or false good or bad black or white republicans or democrats so it is everywhere, everywhere, even in the in the family, in the families, when they're fathers and sons, and so many things, you you name it. When we and it's in our consciousness, really. And that's why, because they say, Oh, we cannot understand how this how they move, we cannot understand uh, the principles of it. Yes, of course. You cannot understand because you have this thing in your mind that always wants, uh, uh, always wants to divide. Is this that, this or that? Is this quantum mechanics or is this uh, relativity theory? How do we invent uh, the theory of everything? We want to combine these two things, but we cannot do this. Why? Because this is in your consciousness. Uh, in our consciousness and when we eliminate this this gap which is really it's only in our consciousness it's not in real life then we can connect dots we can put see this picture from the side and understand do you think that um do you think that we are just dealing with aliens from planets or do you think that maybe there's other things going on here um like higher dimensional beings things that people would normally as if, if we're going especially back in time uh you know people would maybe say they were angels or, or demons whatever um do you think that we're dealing with that kind of thing as well or is it just civilizations from other planets and star systems I think we're dealing with both, with everything. Mm. Because uh, I tell you something. Do you know that uh, our brain throughout our lifetime functions only by 5%? Mm. And that uh, when they study genes of the human, they can uh, define just a few genes. Well, not a few, but compared to the amount of genes that human has there there's a very few and the other they call it trash genes like like we don't need them yeah really. like uh um, junk junk dna or trash yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah junk, DNA. junk dna yeah junk dna but this is really our potential our potential to evolve we just think that we know something, we know everything, or a lot. 
but really we know re really really little and what about the oceans of the earth yeah. we have just st studied maybe five percent those depths of the oceans mm. and this and there seems Holy to be ufos in the oceans as well they're flying around in the oceans as well <laughs> yeah so and uh, the oceans the biosphere the air so there are so many things that we uh, do not know yet i'm not speaking of uh, the universe of our galaxy that uh, contains trillions of stars can you imagine this only our galaxy and an interesting coincidence maybe it's not a coincidence that our brain contains approximately the same amount of nerve nervous cells that the milky way galaxy stars mm. I, I so we know i'm just trying to say that we know very little and of course uh, those anomalous phenomena as we call it is just something that we do not know it's the unknown uh, that uh, sometimes come uh, gets in contact with us or maybe we learn to contact this consciously and uh, of course our world is multi-dimensional and we if we want to see evidence we can see only a tiny uh, piece of spectrum of the of electromagnetic spectrum uh, we see only just a little fragment yeah, of yeah. it if we want to see with our eyes we can see more with our uh, technical devices like x-rays and other things we can see more and even take photos and learn about the universe the stars we can look in, into the cosmos very far through this means but we can know even more when we just switch to a little a little different path of not that we only develop our technical means of observation but our physical body this junk dna it's not junk it's just undiscovered it's the evolutional potential so and if we concentrate on that it all will start from this decision and it it's already happening it's already happening as you see there are good signs of uh, of awakening is the say awakening but <clears throat> it's the healing it it can it will i think it will go faster as more and more people will just realize this realize this it, it's everywhere yeah it's for for the lack of words i just can give us some examples from different uh, sides of our life like no no weapons in space no uh, and uh, it's just no weapons in space is just one side of it but it's very it's very you know physical very understandable for everyone because everybody wants peace everybody wants their children to not go to war to live a peaceful life because and that's why we have chosen this aspect like uh, one of our primary goals one of the one of the things that someone someone was talking to me about this uh i can't remember who i was speaking with but 
they brought up a good point, which is that conflict is is you know it's at least on at least on planet Earth, conflict is a part of evolution. You know, animals kill animals, plants kill plants. We have hunted, and you know, the, all of these progressions of of evolution involve like a a level of conflict or competition within the environment. And that once you become a human being and you start progressing in a very different way to the animal kingdom, uh, you know, we've swapped environmental and evolutionary development for technological development, political development, philosophical development. You know, these are the these are the ways in which we grow now. It's kind of gone up on a onto a different platform of understanding. Is it is it likely that? other species other civilizations other alien uh, beings probably did go through a similar story of conflict of wars of you know issues between their civilization perhaps it was thousands of years ago and they are now much wiser and they're much maturer and they they know that this isn't the way anymore um but because of the way you look at how life evolves on planet earth and there is a a genuine evolutionary conflict going on as things progress do you think it is likely that if there are these extraterrestrial beings that they probably they did go through uh, conflict, uh, but perhaps it was far back in their past and they're they're now more wise? Maybe there can be a possibility, but uh, you know, this is something that we think of extraterrestrials as we would think of ourselves. Mm, yeah. Because, uh, as they say, conflict is natural. I don't know. Because conflict is, it uh, means two sides struggling with each other. It's again, you know, the divide and conquer. But, okay, there were conflicts. And uh, it's good if you learn a lesson from conflicts. If you learn a lesson, then you evolve. Then it's correct. Yes, conflicts uh, like promote evolution. But really, uh, I believe that uh, conflicts are not mandatory. Like, uh, and one more thing is uh, human. Uh, it's not an animal, of course. He has a, a physical body which seems like behaving like an animal, but it's not because it's a whole different realm because humans have their spirituality. And if you discard your spirituality, yes, you become an animal. And then you behave like an animal. But uh, in the animal kingdom, there is a there are different laws and you may be eaten eaten by an animal like animals eat each other and they hunt each other and you start on this the obeying these laws if you consider yourself an animal you know it doesn't make sense you understand what i'm trying to say is that a human is not an animal human has his spirituality and uh, this makes him human really and he can develop he can take care of others and evolve 
yeah i i agree with you i think uh, i think we're on the same page here because um as i as i was saying the human being has come up out of out of nature and has taken on uh, new properties of evolution like creating political infrastructures or creating technologies but we still have a little bit of that animal left in the back of our mind and that's what causes the wars that's what causes the territory and the conflict and no this is my country and you can't come in and no this is my country and you can't come in like that's that's the animal part of the brain. That's not the spirit of humanity. That's that's where we've come from back in the jungle, back in fighting with the, you know, the other animals. We still haven't gotten rid of that part of our mind. But I, I agree with you. The the spirit of humanity, the essence of humanity is is not the physical being. It's not the animal body. It's it's the essence of that creative spirit, that creative soul, whatever you want to call it. That is what humanity really is. And I think that we're slowly unfolding into what our true nature is. Um, but we still obviously have quite a way to go because, you know, right now it's uh it's a pretty crazy world. So there's still there's still some learning to do. But I think that we're doing that. I do think we're doing that over time. Yes, I think we will manage to do it. And um, yes, uh, you just said an interesting thing about your soul. That uh, human is not only his physical body, but also his soul, which is his divine part, as they call it. It's really it really is. And there is a there is one. I think a human human is a multidimensional being, like we would uh, perceive ETs are. Uh, they yeah. really are yeah. multidimensional, and we are also. But we have to unfold it. Mm -hmm. We have to unfold it through our efforts in evolution. It will naturally unfold. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, and uh, this is interconnection with each other. Everybody feels that really. Yeah, but yeah. maybe maybe not so many people consciously use it uh, this ability of human yeah, yeah. but uh, everybody feels that everybody feels, feels if you're loved or not if you're lied to or not even in this simple there maybe this is simple examples but people interact with each other on all those levels maybe they are not aware consciously of it but on the divine level, on their energetics level, and on their physical level, all these levels, they interact simultaneously. But the more you can consciously comprehend, the more influence you have, and you can influence others to see it and to uh, also learn it. And I think this, this is something each one of us should do. And this, this is just a natural way of teaching each other. Uh, like, you know, they, they say that a human, uh, before uh, the boy or, the, or a boy or a girl reaches the age of seven, they learn things uh, through their subconsciousness. Like they're in the family, they see the relationship between their mother and father, and they learn these things subconsciously then they begin to learn more consciously but 
all these things are happening at the same time and it may it may seem complicated but it's very natural and the more we are become aware of this of the possibilities of the human how we influence the, the surrounding world other species the biosphere the outer space of course we uh, influence the outer space too that's why we cannot go with weapons there and uh, this is just the way of evolution and yes speaking speaking of the way of evolution um something that we're doing that has created kind of like a big divide between people um some people say yes this is a this is a good thing and other people say no this is this is a scary thing is artificial intelligence and how we seem to be getting closer to a point where the human body will merge with artificial intelligence will merge with technology and so you have like you have people that are scared that that type of situation would cause us to all have like you know like a hive mind like we're all just one mind and nobody has any control over their own thoughts and everyone's just plugged into this kind of artificial network and uh, you know that's a very scary idea and then there are others and i i kind of lean into both because i see how there are problems with this type of thing but i also see how maybe it's a part of our journey into space and into the cosmos is that we have to kind of merge with technology to some extent so what what do you think about this because i we we both believe in the spirit of humanity and you know the the, the soul of humanity and i think that some people think that we're going to lose our spirit or lose our soul if we if we merge into these technologies so i'd like to know what you think about artificial intelligence and the way that we're going with kind of biotechnology and and uh, and that type of thing i think this is called transhumanism yes transhumanism yeah yeah so transhumanism uh it see sees the human as a bio robot mm -hmm. as a bio robot with a predictable set of algorithms and they say that human can be programmed, reprogrammed, or parts of his body can be changed, or you can download things into your brain, or you can connect to artificial intelligence. I think this is this is a dead end of evolution, because it's it all is very uh it's very limited how many parts of your body can you change uh, and uh, mm, uh, what will be in the end you know there of course uh, as uh, as i said earlier there are some hollywood movies that portray this situation uh for example terminator or the matrix the matrix yes uh, this this is a highly likely scenario when you uh, trust your life, your purpose to the machines, to something that you think uh, will be friendly, but really these things have no ethics 
which makes us human. That's why these machines just use you because they're not human. You would want you, well, we we could say that humans have committed genocides. We've we've done terrible things. You know, our, our own ethics is questionable at times. So um, maybe there's a, like a logic component to artificial intelligence that would say uh, it, it may have a different way of looking at it than a human would, because we've we've done some pretty terrible things. Yes, uh, and the things that we create in in this. Uh, in this mindset, mm. will also will also yeah. uh, continue doing things. It's that's how it's why, used. Yeah. Yes, that's why this is the dead end mm. of evolution. And what we need is look, pay attention to your physical body, to this junk DNA, to this, uh, to your brain, how it functions. What are the possibilities of your body? The telepathy, uh, this um, levitation. Things that now may seem like a like a fiction, like a like a fantasy, but uh, back in the day, many theories that are now very well used also seemed fiction, like Wi-Fi, like our cell phones. If you uh, go back a century ago, just a century, it would. Uh, it may seem like a magic yeah. you have your cell, cell phone you're speaking to someone like we're speaking right now you see you hear you can interact and uh, things like uh, i just said like levitation like telepathy there are many cases of this being uh, employed by mm. humans yeah yeah uh, showed demonstrated by well, humans i suppose but um it, Sorry, go on, go on, please. Uh, and uh, it may seem they call it anomalous, or um, they also want evidence. But I think ten years will pass, and it will become more natural. More, uh, we will become used to it. We just evolve and discover these new things. If we if we go on this path of learning who we are our potential it's just enormous uh it's more um promising it's more promising if you learn how to teleport your body or uh, uh, make a, a spacecraft like ETs have then you just uh, uh, compared to you just uh, remove some organs and you uh, replace them or you make some huge uh craft that will burn all the all the oil on planet earth to go to a star I, i'm just trying to say that we are not bio robots we are living beings with capabilities that may seem magical now but we really are i think we should pay attention to this side pay attention to this side of us than to technology and transhumanism see i i this is the thing i agree i agree but i also it's kind of like for thousands of years we were shamanistic we lived in tribes we 
took psychedelic substances we went into trances and, and we lived with nature and we lived with the world that's how we were for a long time and then we moved out of that and we entered into the age of enlightenment and you know industry and agriculture and civilization and then suddenly technology and so through that we lost a lot of our spirit we lost a lot of our connection to nature so i i kind of think because because I, I i don't see how we're going to go back into tribes doing what we were doing thousands of years ago humans are on a technological path we are on a technological path that's what the majority of the of the human civilization is doing so for me i kind of look at it and go okay maybe there's a way for the spirit that we lost all those thousands of years ago maybe there's a way for that to kind of emerge through technology and you know we don't have to become slaves to the machines we don't have to live in the matrix but maybe technology can assist in increasing that consciousness um you know i i think about I think about the fact that there's all of this research going into psychedelics right now, like the psychedelic research is starting to come back. And also just the way that physics is changing, they're looking at quantum mechanics, perhaps the, through these things, spirit can bubble up and become another part of, of the human story. So because we you know we've 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 been using technology ever ever since we banged some stones together and made fire or ever since we sharpened a stick and made a spear you know that that's all technology we've been using our environment to create extensions of ourselves through technology and now we're at a point where we have these microphones and we have these screens and we can you know th these are all very useful things i think that if we go too far we could lose our humanity, but if we use it in the right way, then perhaps technology can just be a tool to help us boost our spirituality, increase our increase our spirituality. I think the worrying thing is that the people that are in control of the technological arena, the people that are actually in control, they're not necessarily very ethical people. And, you know, it's more about profit. It's more about using our data. It's more about exploiting us as consumers. But that technology could be used in a beneficial way. And so I, I, I think that I, I guess because I look at the way of the world and I think that it looks like we're going down this technological route, my only hope is that through that we can, we can discover spirit. And obviously there will be people who just live in the forest and live in the mountains and, and you know I, I want nothing to do with this I'm, I'm not going to do anything with this but I do think that there's a chance that technology can actually be beneficial if we don't get lost within it Jay absolutely and uh, you know what uh, first of all yes of course we can make technology help us and help our spirit bubble up as I said it but the the thing the thing that will help us do this is the change of our mindset mm -hmm. first because look at all technology that we are developing now uh, in the end they always apply this technology to make more perfect weapons 
yeah. more, more sophisticated weapons to kill more and fast. That's the implementation of this uh, sick mindset that we have right now. It's, it's already dissolving, but we still have it. Yeah, yeah. Of, of everything you discover, each scientific discovery, people start to think, how can we apply it in the military? How mm -hmm. can we apply yeah, it in our yeah. weapons to make it more perfect, to dominate, to have our security, to win the arms race? if it will happen. So this is what always pushes you to this, uh, to this road of going, to, of going into nowhere. But if we change this mindset, if we dissolve this, if we turn over the page and start this new chapter, then we'll have these technologies. And I will tell you more, there, are, there was, there were cases in Russia. There was a case in Russia uh, when uh, there was a crash of uh, an ET craft, and um, the researchers went to that place and they found some artifacts and they studied in the laboratories. And those pieces were uh, made of uh, of metal, but this metal contained almost the every element of the periodic system which which case and, is the, which case is this is this is this a known is this a known case yes it's a very known case i i, I can i can uh, find out the exact name and the year when it happened and send it to you later yeah i can't remember now yeah yeah but uh the very interesting it's it's not the end it's just the beginning when they study this metal and they exposed it to some different temperatures it changed its structure it changed it, uh, what it was containing of oh it actually so, it changed the, the 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 parts it was made from yes and it was it behaved like a like a living thing still it was metal it was very uh, very thin but still very strong and uh, so this is just an example of the technology that uh, that that can we can have uh, to do whatever we want, but uh, this mm, to make such technology, uh, you can uh, you you can again you can see it you can discover it when you see from the side when you when you watch when, when you look from the side at what you already have and how to connect dots and how to um, enlighten how to find an enlightenment of oh my god i think i know how it works and you can only have this happening when you change your mindset because the universe is alive it's not a cold uh careless void it's already it, it's a living thing too and uh, it has some laws and you can uh, find out about these laws as you grow up as a, as a race as a species in your evolution and the higher your evolution is the higher your ethical level is and when you have this ethical level you will 
you would not even think of making it a weapon because you know that when you hurt someone you hurt yourself because you're interconnected you live inside a living organism and if you hurt it or hurt someone you you, you just hurt yourself because it's all written in your genes and we also have this uh, things here in russia studied and discovered that everything you do it's becomes written in your genes if you uh, it, it, let's say if you if you're doing some good things if you show love if you have this beautiful emotions that human can have if you care about someone your genes become more perfect and they um uh, they, they they just develop and i don't know how to say it uh, yeah but you you say like you're saying that like um you get less maybe errors in your genes and, yes. and like you know less problems developing i mean they, they say this about uh they say this there was actually a few studies done on depression and negative emotion and the development of cancerous tumors and the development of sickness in the body and uh, and how your emotions can actually impact your physical your physical body sure and it really affects it really affects but uh, this mindset just won't let you see it because mm. you you think of money you think of uh, you think of rivalry you think of uh going ahead of someone in your development to sell more and this is a vicious circle it and it seems okay when you're inside of it and when you're outside like uh you see your planet from the side and, and, and it's a well-known phenomenon it's called the overview effect astronauts who yeah. saw our planet and yeah. the, the universe they call the i they say they say i experienced uh, uh, that i was observed the universe watched looked at me like a living thing this blackness it's like a tiger in front of you. It's like you were reading a book, then you raise your head and there's a tiger in front of you and watch you and watch him in the eyes. And when you see the earth, uh, there's a change in your psyche. There's a change in your, uh, in your consciousness. You instantly, you realize that we are one organism and this is our home, our planet. It has a very, very thin atmosphere. It's really very thin, like a skin of an apple, if an apple is a, the size of the earth. Mm. And when they when they see it, yeah, it's 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 very natural when you're out of it, of your everyday life, and you see it from the side, and you realize this. And that's all, and that's the thing that all astronauts talk about when they are asked yeah what was the the most powerful impression of going to space so i think something like this must happen to us or should happen or is happening but uh, the more your uh, in in your intention is to go there the faster it will happen because it's like a, in an airport the doors will open only when you go 
if you're if you're waiting them to open they will not open yeah, you have yeah. to go yeah. you have to step forward and then they open something you, like this do you think do you think that that's why um like anti-gravity and these kind of technologies do you think that this is why this this stuff might have been held back because whoever's holding on to this stuff just thinks the human species is not ready we're just not ready to have these types of technologies like the ufo style technology if there is because i i think you know like you said the russians are studying this stuff the americans are studying this stuff the chinese are probably studying it um you know i i think that most superpowers in the world probably have some level of research into this and of, of course we all know uh, the American deep history with Roswell and all these other uh, issues. So I think it's likely that we are studying these things and that there is a potential that we've had breakthroughs in secret and that they've been kept back. But do you think, because a lot of people will say, oh, you know, they're, they're criminals, they're keeping this from us. And, and in a way that's true. But do you think that maybe they're doing that because they're looking at the human species and going, we can't handle this yet? We can't deal with this yet. It's an interesting question. Very interesting. I think that they're holding it back because they really don't know what to do with it. Mm. Because they have no view of the future. Because they realize that they are in this vicious circle. And what they can they do with it? Sell it or get patents? or what they just don't know one and two they are afraid to be in charge of it i think because if they reveal from that point they will be in charge of what is going to happen next maybe um, they just have little understanding of how to implement it in a peaceful way like you said it yeah yeah and they just keep it back just for just in case but uh i really they just i really think that maybe they don't see the future really very well and just keep this in just in case um and what i wanted to say more is that um I forgot. Well, it feels it feels like um, I've said this before. It kind of feels like we were supposed to use fossil fuels, oil, gas, this stuff for for a little bit of time on like the human timeline. We were supposed to use it for a little bit of time, and then you see, especially, and it you know it was happening before this, especially with Nikola Tesla. Uh, you know the 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 kind of uh, inventions and the way in which Nikola Tesla was looking at. Uh, energy that could have been one of the ways in which we started moving down towards this ufo technology uh, style but then even in the 1950s uh, you know, there was all of this excitement about anti-gravity. Anti-gravity is going to be the next thing. Uh, you know, you can find all of these old articles from the 1950s that are saying, you know, um, all of these scientists are saying that the next the next big thing is not going to be combustion engines. It's going to be anti-gravity. And, and, and then it just suddenly stopped. It just stopped and it became a really controversial thing to to do that type of science and to be interested in that type of science you know people within the scientific community would be 
uh, laughed at if they said, oh, well, you know, let's look at anti-gravity, be like, oh, that's a silly sci-fi thing. It's never going to happen. But it kind of, and I think that what happened, because there's, there's a lot of evidence for uh, labs being shut down and like the US government coming in and confiscating things or scientists just just disappearing off the face of the of the face of the earth so it feels to me like we were supposed to naturally progress beyond fossil fuels and we haven't done that it's been held back maybe for good reasons maybe for justifiable reasons not because they're evil not because they're bad people but because they don't think we're ready but the consequence of holding that back is that we've been relying on fossil fuels, on gas, on oil, and these things have stimulated wars, we've invaded countries over their resources, we're destroying the ozone layer because of our pollution, and it, it kind of feels like this is evolution saying to us, you've been doing this for too long, you were only supposed to use the resources on this earth for a small amount of time, you were supposed to use it to help you figure out technologies, and then you were supposed to move beyond that. And it feels like maybe that's been held back, like we've literally been held back from evolving properly. And that could be one of the reasons why we have so many problems now is because our evolution got held back. Yes, it may be the case. It may be the case. And uh, I heard some stories of that. And uh, I heard stories of uh, scientists disappearing, as you said, it, in Russia too. Yeah. Um, and um, <clears throat> maybe those people who are getting huge benefits from selling oil and things like this, fossil fuels, uh, they just um, don't want it to be revealed during their lifetime. Yeah, maybe because they they have their um, salaries, they have their income, and they just uh, maybe they are tired, and they just don't don't need don't want to go for a big change. Yeah, maybe. But this. Uh, really is an illusion because money is just an idea it's just an idea of something very valuable and uh, if you change this idea in everybody's head that money is no longer valuable then what will you go for in the next moment and we believe that today the more the most valuable thing is time is time like you don't need to wait until you pass away to reveal those technologies this knowledge if you have some knowledge that may be helpful and for the higher good i think it's better to reveal it because time uh you don't know what will happen to you after your death you don't really know yeah yeah i think well i think that a lot of people are likely feeling that way especially with 
all of the conversations that are happening now uh, about UFOs in the mainstream because because of the fact that it's become more acceptable to speak about these things i think that the there probably are a, a lot of individuals who have knowledge that are sitting there and going you know i really i i want to say something and maybe they're just waiting for the right person to reach out to them and and ask them the right question and and they'll they'll say yes i did this or i i know about this or this so i think that we're probably i i would imagine within the next few years we will see more people come out and uh, and put their hand up and say yes i was uh, i was involved in this or i know about that i i hope so i do hope so because like you said what what's what's the point in holding that holding on to that and taking it to your grave why why wouldn't you share that information so i hope you're right about that i really do um and i and i think you probably are right before we before we wrap up um i asked some of my patreon community if they had any questions to ask you um by the way for everyone listening if you want to join a fast growing uh, social hub of researchers and experiences, you can support Project Unity on Patreon and you can gain access to our dedicated Discord server. And that's where we all communicate with each other on a regular basis. So uh, links to the Project Unity Patreon can be found in the description box below and your support really does make a huge difference. Um, but I asked some of my Patreons if they had any questions and uh, and I got a few responses. If you're if you're happy for me to uh, to ask you some of these questions, sure. Please go ahead. So the first question comes from Mike Hotel Echo, and he asks: Is Timothy aware of the Salyut Seven incident where Russian cosmonauts claimed to have seen angels in space? Yes, I heard about it. And uh, they even uh, made a movie, uh, which is called Salut Sim. Uh, it, it's a uh, uh, it's a movie that was released in two thousand seventeen, I believe, uh, which portray the situation. And uh, uh, I was uh, consulting people uh, who were filming that movie. Oh. Yes, and I brought some spacesuit, some spacesuits <laughs> to them. Uh, like they, they used it, uh, them like costumes. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a very well-known case, but uh, uh, they claim to to see angels. Uh, the question is, uh, yes, I'm aware of it, and maybe the question: uh, What were the angels, and uh, who was that? If you ask me, I don't know. Maybe, maybe those were extraterrestrials, or maybe some really angels. Can you remember how they described them? How did, how did they describe them? Uh, no, I, I didn't um, uh, get in touch with those cosmonauts because it was uh, in the time when I was a very little child. Yeah, but did uh, like within the story that you've heard because I've I've never heard of this um this case before. So did they did they say to anyone what the what these things look like? If they if they said they look like angels, they must have looked like beings. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh at that time there was Soviet Union and there was very strict uh rules 
for cosmonauts mm, who, yeah. who could who could become a cosmonaut. Uh, at that time, they were almost all military pilots. And um, for military pilots, especially for cosmonauts, it was very strict to have a normal psyche, normal state of your psyche. Uh, and I assume if they would uh, have told about it too often, they would have been discarded uh, as cosmonauts because at that time you could not uh, say about such things so freely as today but i heard that there was this case there was something that they saw but i could not uh, uh, i cannot tell more because i don't know but i think it's very interesting that they saw something and it was uh, it was even shown in the movie yeah so it was something there so the uh the next next question comes from mark oc and he wants to ask how you look at the ways in which the ufo phenomenon has uh, like shifted and, and changed over time so throughout history there have been reports of strange things in the sky but the way in which they they manifest visually seems to have changed as humanity's progressed. So what, why do you think the phenomenon is, is changing over time uh, as humanity progresses? Uh, the visual effects of the yeah, phenomenon? Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah, like, like, like the, like there's, there's stories of Roman soldiers seeing flaming shields in the sky or seeing uh, long boats and, and thing, things that made sense at the time. But when you look at it now, you go, well, maybe that was a UFO. And, and now you look at the modern age and it's flying saucers and spacecraft. So it's kind of like it's, it's shifted and changed the way that it's visually shown over time. So I think he's, just asking, uh, why do you think that's the case? I think it's because of the fact, uh, because of the way how our eyesight and brain works. Because what you see with your eyes is really what your brain perceives through your eyes. Uh, the information goes uh, through the nerves into your brain and, and is processed and you see something you really see it in your brain and uh, and those times in ancient days they described it like things uh, they were that were normal to them then today we see you know, some maybe different things and we describe it differently but uh, besides that i think that as I said earlier, we perceive just uh, like a small fragment of who the ETs really are. And uh, uh, the description of, an, of uh, a UFO may change even when two persons standing beside each other see one thing. Uh, some people may describe it like one thing and the other may describe it a little bit different because 
we believe that ETs have a possibility to uh, to show themselves to uh, different people differently. They may contact one person in a way that nobody else will ever see them or hear them, or they may contact many people, or they may intentionally show themselves, reveal their craft uh, in front of uh, an audience, like uh, when people meditate or they call uh, those ETs to come and show themselves. They may decide to show themselves for, for reasons. Uh, I think it all depends on this many factors that I have described. And of course, uh, uh, it changes from person to person. And the one more thing is that they also evolve. Their craft may, may evolve. They, uh, there may be different races that come to humanity in different times of its history. So everything, I think it's just like life is naturally going. Things change. It's not like a program. Mm. Like I'm a bio-robot. I see black as black, white as white, and I'm a universal soldier. No, we're all living things and we're interconnected and it goes like this naturally. It all changes. The aircraft changes and we change. Our perception changes and our perception may open and we may see more. Maybe there is a little shiny dot and simultaneously there's a voice in your head communicating with you. Like they're multidimensional and they're manifesting themselves in 3D and in other dimensions as well. And if you have this ability to sense those dimensions, I believe you would sense all the signals from all other dimensions like you will you will you would see the thing you would hear you would have a tele telepathic telepathic contact uh, i think it works like this next question is from zab and he wants to know if if geo if geopolitics wasn't an issue uh, and if the opportunity presented itself would the AEU like to collaborate and share data with American UFO research groups, such as the recently created Galileo project through Harvard University? Uh, I'm assuming you're aware of the Galileo project. And uh, would, you, would you ever consider, or do you think it's possible for the AEU to collaborate with such American research groups? Yes, I think, uh, yes, uh, we would love to collaborate with uh, anyone who would want to approach us uh, because uh, we believe uh, when there are two sides, you can find uh, mutual understanding in, each, in every case, only if you have intent to do this. And of course, we would like to collaborate to make some uh, uh, 
for for the betterment of humanity and uh, for mutual uh, support and i think that there is there there is no rules here except for the ethics which is inherent in us if we promise something we will do this so it works like this i think why not of course well i'll tell you i i uh, i interviewed Professor Avi Loeb, who's the uh, the guy that started uh, the Galileo project, and uh, there's certainly certainly uh, I've got a lot of hope in that group, and I think they're going to push forward in a in a good way. But Avi Loeb does think that consciousness is a generated phenomenon in the brain, and that matter is uh, is dead. Uh, so <laughs> you'll have to me me and you are going to have to convince Avi Loeb to look at consciousness again in a different light because uh, as brilliant as he is, that was one of the things that I uh, I had an issue with was that he he's very much um, a material reductionist, like he he's a, a theoretical physicist and he believes that there is no special conscious component to matter to energy. Uh, which which I don't agree with, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, I think that it's very important to have collaboration between groups like yours and groups like the Galileo Project. So who knows? Maybe maybe we can uh, look at uh, connecting you guys together and uh, and seeing if there's any any sort of shared benefit that can be had from from that kind of relationship. I think I think it would be a good idea. I think that it would help. Uh, to have international collaboration on this issue. So uh, yeah, that's a good question from Zab. Uh, Zab had one more question as well. Does the AEU organization have any relationships with or access to Chinese UFO data collection? Uh, to Chinese? Once we were collaborating with Chinese, uh, we have some connections with them, but uh, not a very strong connection. Not strong connections. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it will develop with time. Uh, but uh, uh, regarding the first question, uh, how can we collaborate? Uh, there's a, a Russian saying, a very good one, I think in this case, uh, it, uh, it says, uh, we are all in one submarine so yeah when you're in in a submarine you have to collaborate with others because you're underwater and you breathe the same air so regarding collaboration yes mm. sure that's yeah sounds like a great idea and we should do this we're all in one submarine. That's a, yeah, I like that. That's a that's a good uh, a good way of looking at it because we absolutely are floating around in the ocean of space, and we uh, have yeah. a little little shield around our planet, and we're all here together, breathing the same oxygen. So we should uh, we should collaborate more. And the last question uh, comes from ET person, and they want to know if you're familiar with a Russian UFO case that took place at uh, Kapustin military base in 1948. Uh, it was involving a MiG-15 pilot and a UFO. And according to the story, 
both the MiG-15 pilot and the UFO crashed. So uh, do you know anything about this case that was apparently Kapustin military base 1948 UFO crash? I know about uh, Kapustin. In Russian, we say Kapustin Yar. Kapustin it's Yar. A, yar. It's a very well-known place with a good UFO activity there. But um, uh, regarding this particular case, I, I think I don't know, but I have my senior colleagues, which for sure know. I can um, ask them and maybe give an answer later. But uh, I heard about this Kapustin, this place is very well known by its UFO activity. activity. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Timothy. This has been once again just a great conversation. You know, it's it's really nice. Like I find, I feel like that you and me, we have very similar ideas around the phenomenon and very similar ideas about how we should be addressing it. So it's really, it's really, really lovely for me to sit down and 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 talk with someone who uh, I I feel like our our thoughts go around very quickly with each other and we can uh, we can communicate very easily on the on this subject. So. I just want to say thank you for for taking the time to sit down and have a have a conversation with me. Uh, Jay, thank you as well. It was really a pleasure, and uh, I also feel uh, this connection and mutual understanding. And thank you for having me.